Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Matter After Show. I'm Alyssa DeVries and I'm going to be your host as we take a deeper dive into this season's episode. Usually I'm joined by the wonderful Allison Hayslip, but it'll just be me because I heard she ran into some aqua spiders and didn't fare well. But luckily she'll be back for next episode. We're going behind the scenes to learn a little bit more about these stories and their authors. And of course, geek out on our collective love of all things sci-fi and horror. Tonight's show is live on Twitch every other week, so all of you out there in podcast land, come join us over at twitch.tv slash effinfunny. Ask questions and interact with the team, and who knows, maybe win a prize or two, just like our two winners from tonight. Tonight on the show, we have the two stars of Star Hunter themselves, Colin Ferguson and Tiffany Smith. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. What a great episode, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, very well performed. Thank you. It's hard to take any credit at all because he's so, Jonathan's so good and he does so much that it's hard even to say thank you because I feel really a a lot of the the praise should go to him. Yeah, he's amazing, but so so are the both of you. I want to start by asking a question for Tiffany because we had Colin on last week and I asked you a similar question. Um, Colin. (laughs) um i just want to ask what was the difference between playing elise this episode and last episode besides just the role being a lot bigger like what was that transformation for you yeah i think like like colin was saying a lot of the effort goes to jonathan because you know i'm in my closet recording (laughs) and half the time i'm like wait where are we at what's happening where's her personality at right now? Um, <laughs> this one was a lot, this episode was a lot more fun because you're, she's kind of starting to deal with what's going on in her mind. We're starting yeah. to have some more questions about why she's there and how she got there and, you know, what her motives really are. Um, and then obviously it's it, Colin and I have been friends for a really long time. So right. this is the first time we've ever got to work on kind of work on anything together. So it was really fun thinking about what he was going to be doing with stuff where I could play against him. And so I felt like it, it helped with the, you know, where she could be a little bit more snarky and sarcastic and playful with him. Yeah. That was my only sadness was that we weren't in the same studio. I know. I it was so fun to just, you know, <laughs> be hanging out. 
I know I was going to ask the both of you about that because we all know after um, all of you, of course, are avid fans of the Curious Matter After Show. We all know now that uh, all of the dialogue is recorded separately for each performer. So um, you know each other so well. How did you feel recording separately? Did you imagine each other? How is that process like for you? I didn't know what she was going to do. I mean, particularly <laughs> with the roles that she has to play, it could yeah. have gone so many different ways. So I would have loved to have heard it. Um, but Jonathan is such a steady hand and yeah. he's not here right now. So, you know, you know, we could say anything about him. He likes to be naked when he and I are recording. It's weird. <laughs> We're odd. And then he dances to get energy going. I'm going to tweet that. Yeah, that's his, way. that's his way. He just screams apocalypse and starts dancing. And I was like, oh, I guess energy has to go up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No, but it, it would have been really fun to see what she was doing. Just be, selfishly, I'd love to see what she comes up with. She's really great. Thank you. Well, it's, I will say, sometimes Jonathan will be like, so Colin was doing this, or he'll be like, Colin kept laughing at this line, <laughs> stuff like that. So I definitely got insight because I think usually Colin ends up recording before me, or that's just kind of been the way that it's gone so far. Mm -hmm. um, but I think now that it's like, even in the first episode, you know, we really didn't get to do that much together. Right. So now I think, because we're still recording stuff, we're not all done, that it'll be really fun to do more stuff now, having heard what we're doing together, if that makes sense. No, totally. I, w I wanted to ask, um, this this episode was mainly you two together. So um, Colin, how did it feel performing in this episode as opposed to last episode, which was more of like an ensemble cast? This was nicer because there were more scenes. So mm -hmm. you could actually sort of follow the scenes and act it like a scene. And also week two, I was so much more familiar with the process. You know, yeah. the, the first week there was a little bit of catch up uh, because you're all alone. And you know, Jonathan, I never, had never worked together at that point. So we're oh, wow. Together out. I didn't know so, that. You guys seem like such a unit last, yeah, last yeah, episode. He's, yeah, he's really easy to work with. But you know, you're never sure. You're never sure what you're going to get. And he's never right. sure what he's going to get. So we sort of finding our common language and finding our our our, our ways of how we're going to interface. And so week two was much, much easier uh, for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really great to see the two of you together. It's so funny knowing that it's recorded separately. Do you feel like you had an advantage knowing each other because you could kind of predict what the other was going to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did because I mean, I know Tiffany, so at least I could I I could visualize her and what she'd be doing and all that sort of stuff. Whereas if it's someone who I'd never met and didn't know, I really have no clue what their vocal range is, what their, you know, it, it it's that's such an unknown. So for me it was more helpful. Yeah. I just stared at my poster on the wall of Tiffany. I was like, yeah, that's she she's just probably I want one. I want one. Right, everybody should have one. <laughs> it really helps because, so like I said, Colin and I have known each other for a while and pre-pandemic, like he would help me on a lot of stuff. So it's like, I kind of, he knows what maybe some of my strengths are and what some of my weaknesses are as an actor and you know, how I work and the same thing with him. Um, so I think that that helps a little bit, but I also think it's like, there is so much of it that, again, goes back to Jonathan putting it all together because he's the one guiding the ship when you're not recording together. You don't know what the other person is going to do or if, you know, say, for instance, he wants something to be a little more sarcastic. Usually what we'll do is, like, I do three takes of each line and then because he knows on the fourth one, I'll always do something kind of 
totally different than what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. Now we usually do four. And so it's like, I, I, the fourth thing that I do, it's not like he tells me, okay, do one sarcastic, do one this way, do one this way, do one this way. Um, so he really is piecing it all together where it's like having all of Colin's takes and all of my takes on the different lines and then seeing what actually fits together. Right. Yeah. And sitting here, I have to say, is the, is the first time that, that I've been sitting and thinking about it. And he has such a steady hand that it's interesting to picture what the process would be for someone who didn't know what they were doing or didn't know what they wanted. You'd yes. really feel no, a, he has a clear vision, right? We're sort of going like mm-hmm. if someone's like, I don't know. You're like, well, if you don't know, I don't know. You know, you're, you're the you're the maestro. No, you're right. I don't think I've ever heard Jonathan say, I don't know. No. <laughs> Um, also, he's, I mean, he's writing the thing, he's editing yes. the thing, he's putting it all together. So it's, it's, he's a one-man show, one-man show with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tiffany, jumping off of what you said about doing all the different takes, I know that you've performed in both audio and visual mediums. So I just wanted to sort of ask, what are the adjustments that you make when you can only portray characters with your voice? Um, I think it gives you a different kind of freedom than when you're on camera, mm-hmm. because I don't have to think about what my face is doing or any of like getting the light on my face, any of that kind of stuff. I don't have to think about any of that. It's just about your voice. So I think it, a lot of it is thinking about, okay, does this coming across with just my voice? And then also making sure that when you're doing voiceover that you're not, you know, I, the first bigger thing that I did was I'm master of the universe revelation. Um, and it's the first time that I did a character from start to finish on a series um, on one whole season. Um, and just kind of like learning where it's like, okay, it, normally if I'm scared or nervous, it's like, I can do something with my hands or my face or lean in or that kind of thing. But with voiceover, you can't do any of that. You have to right. all with your voice. And even with this one, it's even more so because there's not animation that goes along with it. It's just our voices and just the sound design that's going, you know, explaining what's going on. So like I said, I think it's a different kind of freedom. The other part that is it's very different when you record in a voiceover studio or right. recording in a portion of your closet, <laughs> which is what I've been doing. Um, so there's like a very small amount of space that I have to move in. And there's definitely been times where I'm like, Jonathan, I got to take a pause because I'm about to pass out. And you can hear it in this episode because it's like when she's running the breathing and stuff in the background, you know, I did all of that in my booth. It's not like you can do anything. You're literally no, you can't. <laughs> and then like doing it again and he's like okay this time do it this way and I'm like okay I'm gonna sit down and I'm not kidding you my space is so small that I can't act so I just like (laughs) (laughs) we have a question from chat uh dman1198 wants to know Tiffany what was your reaction to hearing the fully produced podcast episode I was totally blown away I mean I had listened to some other The Curious Matter podcasts before, audio dramas before, and so I had somewhat of an idea. But I think once you hear it all come together, you know, again, trusting Jonathan and what he wants to do and explaining, okay, this is going to be here and there's going to be water rushing around you. And like, you are, you know, pull the gun out, throw it here, do this thing. Um, so when you hear it all come together, it's it's incredible. Like, and the first time I tried to listen to stuff was off my phone and I was like, nope, got to go home, put my headphones on. Put the headphones on. Yeah. Um, so I was completely blown away and, and it was funny cause I've had a couple of friends listen and they're like, wait, was that you at the beginning? And then it was you also. And I'm like, 
Yeah. And then yeah, she's talented. <laughs> well, it's, it's also different because I think it's like, like I said, there's just a lot more freedom when you're doing voice acting because none of this matters. So I think people are willing to like hear you do different things that maybe as an actor, it's a little bit harder to get them to see you as, if that makes sense. Yeah. It took me a second to realize it was you at the beginning of the episode. Really? Like, is that? Yeah. I was like, is that? It is. It isn't. Is it? It is. It is. It is. And that's yeah. something really funny too. Cause I was like, when we started recording, I was like, does she have a, do, am I going to do a different, let's do a different voice. And I didn't prepare it. Like Jonathan and I just did it. And I'm, I'm mixed, but I'm part of my family's Creole. So I was like, let me play with that a little bit. Yeah. I remember being like, uh, can I listen to it again? Are you sure you're good with this? It didn't sound ridiculous. Cause I didn't do like, normally I would have a lot more prep time, but like, what am I going to do with this? How does it sound? Practice every line with the accent. Right. Um, but we just went for it, which sometimes I think is the most fun. Yeah. I feel like it, it came across really well. Um, I want to know Colin. Um, you want to know Colin? <laughs> I want to know Colin. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the difference between playing your character this episode and last episode? Because I feel like he, he is a little more communicative and maybe even a little more emotional this episode. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, doing scenes is easier because it's it's a, a way to there's something to root in. Um, I sort of I'll answer this question by asking Tiffany a question. I find <laughs> when I do it, um, even though it's right there in front of me and the temptation or the, the thought initially was, oh, I don't have to prep this like I can just read it. It doesn't matter. But I can't. I actually have to learn it before my body knows it, before I can do it to a level that I'm satisfied with. Do you have the ability to just sort of read and go or do you like that to own it more? I like to own it a little bit more. And I know like, so this came up for me kind of quickly because I think, you know, Colin actually was the one who recommended me for working on this one. Love that. How could you not recommend her? I just said, <laughs> oh, I know this. I know Tiffany and Jonathan went, oh, and he can't, and I said, you can't laugh like that. And he just wouldn't stop. And, and so, and that's how I knew that she was going to get it. Perfect. Adding it to my Twitter thread. That was the story I heard too. Um, <laughs> but for the first chunk of recording that we did, I just remember being like, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't even really have time to do a lot of prep work on it. So let's just kind of go. And I'm, I'm going to trust you even more. And one of the things that I really like as an actor is I do really like being directed. Um, I like giving my own take, but then I really, I think it's a collaborative art, whether it's voice oh, totally. on camera. And so I think I was totally more open than I ever could have been because I had no idea what was really happening in the first recording session because it all happened so fast. But usually I am a very like type A prepared, like read everything, get mm -hmm. my ideas of what I'm going to do with the lines. Um so now that we're in it a little bit more, I've been doing that prep a little bit more, but I think it's a little bit, it's like a mix of both because sometimes you prep stuff and I'm sure is this, if like you can chime in on this too, Paul, and if it's the same for you, but it's like, you'll prep something and then Jonathan says something or you're just in the moment and you're tired and something else comes out that's not at all what you practiced. And oh that yeah, all the, all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it goes both ways. Sometimes you'll read a scene and you'll be like, wow, that's amazing. And you get it on its feet and you're like, huh, so none of that worked. Uh, <laughs> and and you, you're stunned by, by um, the, the fact that it is a live medium. I mean, I think we're, we love to prep things to death at this point in history. And it's nice to remember that 
it's how you're feeling it in the moment. It's where the rubber meets the road that all the magic happens. And if you're not paying attention to that moment, you're going to miss a lot. Absolutely. I, I think it's so interesting that that, well, it's just really nice that you guys had Jonathan to record it with you because I feel like it's so hard to be organic when you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah. the crazy thing with voiceover is that a lot of times that's what your audition, or your, I mean, not a lot of times, every time, that's what your audition is. You don't, you never get to audition for voiceover things with someone else unless right. you have like a coach or someone at your agency or something that will read with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just you kind of going off of whatever the breakdown was and you try it a couple times and, you know, hopefully one of them is the one that works. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I know there've been, I've heard a couple of different like features and animated series where they do get to reward together, but obviously with, you know, coming off the pandemic, it's been a lot more rare. Um, but I think that's one of the things too, where it's like actors and the whoever's directing or engineering or whatever. It's like, all of it goes to them because they're the ones having to make it all fit together. Well, yeah. And Tiffany, you helped me out this week with a couple auditions. And even that in the post pandemic world, it's more isolated. You don't have the interface with the casting director who's talked to the producers for hours. You don't have anyone in the room who's actually making the project. So it's Tiff and me sort of going, I don't know. You think this is the right way to say, I don't know. You know, and you just sort of throw it at the wall and, and you guess, but it will, it will be nice when we get back to a point when you're actually in the room with the creators and that energy gets to go back and forth. No, absolutely. Except for not with Jonathan, right? No, he's, he's a monster. <laughs> you see, I get so much trouble. I'm only doing this because he's not here. And I thought, how funny. He's watching. He's watching. I, I, oh, he he's going to love it. He's going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> the high pitched laugh. I feel like I need him to do that the next time. We were- <laughs> <laughs> Is now the time? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to share my favorite lines of dialogue. Um, I loved when Elise said, what's cattle in response to Ross saying, um, talking about cattle. And I also love the line of the suns are about to set, um, insinuating that there are multiple suns. It's so fun. Jonathan's so great at dialogue. Um, do either of you guys have favorite lines of dialogue from the episode or if not just favorite moments? Well, it's amazing what you said with that last one where she says, you know, uh, uh, the three sons are about to set. And if you follow the third one, we'll get to the camp. Um, I mean, it's such, it's one line and it does so much world building mm-hmm. for the scene. You're like, you can immediately picture there's these three sons and, oh, that one's going to go low and we go that direction. It's so cool. I, I love that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know if I have favorite, favorite lines from this episode. It's not just, just your favorite moment. I mean, I, I really liked... <laughs> Why? It's so dumb. I liked when he gave her the food bar. Because <laughs> like it just makes me laugh because I'm like I'm literally in my closet going like this, <laughs> not eating anything. Um, and then when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that worked! It totally works." Um, oh, yeah. And then I think all the stuff with the weapons is always really yeah fun. the action. Yeah, and the snarkiness between the two of us where it's like, you know, also shoot, now I'm like, wait, what did I, is this stuff that I'm about to say in this episode? I can't remember, so I'm not going to say Be careful, be careful. Well, it's Um, funny because some of the stuff that I hate in television, I end up actually really loving in this. Like in in television, I hate lines like... um, 
uh, whatever, like, oh, they're hoarding, not hoarding, they're, um, they're amassing on the, on the banks, you know, and she says, oh, I've never seen them do that before, you know, like earlier on in the episode. Um, that sort of stuff I hate in television because I'm a big fan of show don't tell, right? you, you know, but in this, you hear that line, you're like, oh, they're congregating on the shoreline. They've never done that before. And like, it, you're it, like, it, oh God. <laughs> yeah, like you see it all and you need to see that stuff. And you see how radio play and television sort of came from the same place, but really need to be different things. Because what excites me in a radio play sometimes bothers me in TV. Yeah, no, totally. And what you were saying about the line about the three sons saying so much, mm. um, there's, there's so much world building and there's so much um language that is not in our modern vocabulary so when you're performing a podcast like that or or really anything something from the future how do you make expositional information sound natural because i thought you both did a great job oh thanks um for me it's just following the path in the beginning uh, my first episode at the very beginning i talked with jonathan for a bit and and i said i don't really do this um, I know what I'm doing in front of a camera, but um, I need you to sort of hold my hand a bit. And he was great about saying, yeah, okay, you have to indicate more. You have to be a little more articulate with your words as opposed to mumble acting, that that doesn't fly, you know, in, in voiceover. And I'm stunned when I've sat in on very accomplished voiceover people, their accuracy with their voice and what they can do and then, oh, do it again, but a little like this and a little like that. And then it happens exactly like that. That talent is incredible to me to listen to and, and watch. What about you, Tiffany? I'm, I was like so distracted listening to what you were saying. And so I was like, I put yes. you to sleep. You, you what were happened inspired. Was, I put you to sleep. Thank God the drone <laughs> no, of Ferguson's no, voice. Not. She's like, <laughs> like, it is such a precision thing. And like, when I think about, you know, every kind of acting where it's like, people will think, oh, I do this thing. Now I can totally do this other form of acting. And it's, they're all, yes, they're all connected, but they're all so different. And when you do mm -hmm. see someone who is very accomplished voiceover acting, it's incredible because it literally is like, you're in the room and they're like joking, laughing, talking, whatever. And then they can drop into this like super emotional scene and pull at your heartstrings. Um, and in that documentary where it has a, a ton of the famous uh, voiceover people all talking about their craft. No, no, that sounds it's amazing. Cool. And then they'll just sort of like riff and they'll be like, yeah, like, you know, if you're asked to do this and, like, blah, 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 and they do this thing and then they, say, they might say to adjust it like this and they do it like that. And you're like, oh, wow, that's a different, I don't have that chip in my head. <laughs> but I think it's like any, it's an exercise. You get better at it the more you do it. And so sometimes like I will watch YouTube videos of voiceover actors and see what they're doing. Especially like, I remember I looked one up for League of Legends and it's like all the different actors next to the pictures of the character that they're voicing. Um, and it's really cool when you start seeing that, okay, sometimes for animation, you'll get an image of the character you're going to voice. Sometimes you don't for an audition. Mm -hmm. um, and what does that say to you? Like, what does the image of that character say for you? And especially with this one, I, I don't have an image of her, but I do know what her personality traits are and like usually uh, like in real life I'm pretty like light and bright and smiley and I'm a little like I'm still low resonance but like a little higher up yeah. um but with her it's like I can be a little bit lower in my register and play with that space a little bit more which I think is really fun and just yeah. makes me like a badass <laughs> yes and you are <laughs> um 
did either of you, so, so you said that you did not have any reference images. Did either of you choose images or were there certain other pieces of media that inspired you while preparing for the roles? Um, for me, uh, I, I was sitting down with him and sort of going through my voice. I didn't have prepped characters, prepped characters that I could present for him. So mm -hmm. it was sort of just doing the lines a bunch of time that first day and sort of going like this, like that, what we think. And then figuring out what I was doing that he thought worked and then repeating it. And then when I got a chance to listen to the first episode, I was like, oh, that's what he wants. Okay. And then the circuit is complete. And then when I do the next one after that, it'll be easier. And that's how you get deeper and deeper into a character by doing it and then watching it and going, okay, that's what they're going. I see what mm -hmm. they're doing now. And then you, you know, but you do that enough times, all of a sudden you're just bulletproof. Um, I didn't pick any images out before, um, but I will say during one of our sessions, we were talking about something and Jonathan was like, tank girl, you should play tank girl. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, please. But that's kind of like, I feel like that's what's cool about playing this character is that she, she is smart, but she has a little like wildness in her that's, you know, you don't necessarily know what she's going to say or do, especially because of the fact that surviving, you have to be that. You have to have a little bit of that um, spontaneity. Um, so now I kind of have that idea in my head. Honestly, I think that's probably why I, I told them earlier before we started the podcast, I tried to do some like pink hair dye gel stuff in my hair today. Um, and that's great. Your hair looks amazing today. My fingers are it pink. does. I think like, honestly, it's like Jonathan got in my head with the tank girl thing. And I was like, ooh, I want to be like that more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the fashion risks. You know, it's crazy because I do think sometimes that I don't know about this for you, Colin, but it's like when you are playing a character and you do start to take on some of those traits, sometimes my style will change a little bit more. I start seeing pictures of myself that are a little bit feel. I feel like it's more of the character than me, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've definitely found uh, doing a character for long periods of time on TV you learn what works, what you learn, what you do that works for people. And yeah. it's really yeah. hard not to go, oh, that works for people. I might just like take that into my life and, <laughs> and use it. Um, yeah. Like I learned on Eureka, uh, people really like seeing me in pain. That's funny for them. So they're like, so I use that in different, in different shows where it's like, if I can be uncomfortable or like, ah, you know, people like, <laughs> look at him suffer. You know, I don't know why that's a win, but, you know, you, you take him where you can get him. <laughs> that is so funny. Very, it's a very weird thing that you picked up that you think that people respond yeah, to. Well, they came to me and told, told me, it was actually the writers. They said, you know what really works? When you're in pain, it's great. And they sort of laughed. I was like, huh, all right. So, Jonathan, if you're listening, Write, write a scene where he's in pain. You won't regret <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, people find that funny, apparently. <laughs> um, this is more of a fun little question. Ooh. Do either of you think you'd survive on a planet like Jamala? And if so, what would be your strategy? On a, pre on a planet of predators, like an actual planet of predators like Jamala? Yeah. No, I mean, I'd take a swing at it. Like, you know, <laughs> would I run as fast as I could? Yes, I would. Uh -huh. you know? <laughs> would I escape the jaws of the beast? Probably not. Um, it's hard. How, yeah. How about you? 
Come uh, on, hey, girl. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I would like to say, yes, I would survive. I do consider myself kind of scrappy, but like yeah. I've never been in an environment where there's like a, I mean, all I can think of is things that are here, like a lion chasing me, like that actually wants to eat me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't really do pull-ups. So like, I don't think I can get myself up the tree, but I'm pretty strong. So like, could I find like a boulder to roll in front of a cave opening? Maybe, but then oh, yeah, hiding has its merits. Yeah. 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 I, I think that would be my main go to like, I would think, how do I get water? Where can I go to hide and sleep? Mm-hmm. Like, where am I safe to sleep? My eight year old taught me something I did not know. I was looking at a thing and I was like, what do you think? Is he a predator or a prey? And he goes, eyes in the front, ready to hunt. Eyes on the side, ready to hide. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, um, eyes on the side, run and hide. So he's like, that's a way to determine if it's a predator. Eyes on the front, ready to hunt. And I was like, that's him. I don't know if that works on Jamala B. But- oh my gosh. Death Queen in the comments is saying we live on one about being on a planet of predators. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but I have my like apartment that I can hide in. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> but like we'll honestly, honestly, place. honestly, I don't know if anybody could survive. You know, take Bear Grylls, right? We throw him on Jamala B. He knows nothing. Yeah, of the flora, the fauna, the water, the <laughs> not like. Is yeah. he really gonna live long? I don't think so. I mean, you make assumptions that there's like things you could think we're similar to where you're from which they may not be because it's like so when I was little I and I still love doing this I mean I don't make things outside and eat them but I used to go in the yard and like dig in the woods and I'd like dig a hole and add all kinds of stuff to it and be like this is my potion stew and I'd pour water in and then I eat it I was Uh still a very weird human it's fine um but my dad (laughs) would have to be like don't eat that thing you can eat this don't eat this thing so I would hope that some of that has stuck with me, but then, like you said, it's like a m- imaginary planet, so maybe everything's opposite. Like, I would I love this idea that Tiny Tiffany just eats everything. He's like, "Don't eat that." So they're just walking <laughs> through the woods. He's like, "Don't eat that rock. Don't eat that stick." She's like, "Ah, berries and leaves." And like- oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like there was. I ate a little roly poly bug. You know those bugs that roll yeah, up? Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. How, how did it taste? I don't remember. I think I thought it was like a vitamin or something. And I remember like my parents, I don't remember it, but my parents told me that my mom tried to get it out of my mouth and I was like screaming bloody murder. And my dad was like, it's protein. It's fine. Just let it eat. Well, that's how we get our like our, all sorts of our flora and fauna for our gut though, right? When we're young, they're finding yeah. out that it's not so bad to eat dirt and all that stuff. That's why kids do it. It's a yeah. sort of like. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like maybe I would survive. I don't know. Maybe you would because yeah, you Yeah, I feel everything. like you would. You're immune to everything. Yeah, everything's in your system. Yeah. things in your mouth. Like, stop that, Tiffany. You're like, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> exactly. I think the fear would get to me, though. Like, I think the noises at night, I would oh, not. Yeah. That's where I'd oh, be like, yeah, mm-hmm. no way. Um, would- yeah, no, no way. I want to I wanna close it off since we're so lucky to have two good friends here what is your favorite part about working with each other oh well we didn't get to that's the bit but like doing this because i get to see her and it's a reason to reach out to her and say hey you're doing the thing tonight and it's great and then she shows up with you know pink fingers and all that stuff and it's just great it's great to when our lives intersect is always joyful we were actually both coincidentally in new york like two weeks ago in a hotel lobby yep love it 
classic spot. Right. <laughs> what um, about you, Tiffany? I think the best the best part about getting to work with Colin is getting to hear him do a lot of lines and be serious. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like we're both so playful and like lighthearted mm-hmm. that when we're talking, even though like we talk about heavier stuff sometimes too, but um I'm not used to it being like that like monotone. Yeah. You're friends so you have a good time together. Yeah. 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 So that's really fun to hear him do something that I haven't heard in the day to day with him. Um, and sometimes it's hard to make the switch. Well, we'll be mm-hmm. joking around and I'll be, I'll be so excited to see you. And it's like, right, time to do the character. I, he's, a, you know, and it takes a second to sort of sink in where I'm like, right. okay, come on, come on. You know how to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I, lo- I think the goal in life is to get to do what you love with people that you love. So I feel really lucky that I got to work on this and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I hope everybody else listening is enjoying it as much as I am doing it. I think they are. The audience in chat is loving it. Um, That about wraps things up for us tonight. I would like to thank our guests, Tiffany Smith and Colin Ferguson, for joining us tonight. Please make sure to like and subscribe wherever you are listening. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle at CMA Anthology, CM Anthology, or check us out at www.curiousmatterpodcast.com. The next episode of Curious Matter Anthology, Star Hunter Part 3, which both of these fabulous people will be in, will air on Realm on Tuesday, July 12th. And we will be back here that same night at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time for the next after show. So make sure to join us on twitch.tv slash funny. Our technical director tonight is Death Queen Vex. The Curious Matter After Show is presented by and Funny. I work there. And the Knightsville Workshop and distributed by Realm Media. So until next time, I'm Alyssa DeVries and I've been your host. Keep an eye out for the watchers and thank you so much for listening. Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the alley, the scent is stronger, overpowering. As I watch, the overhead lamps flicker and wink out one by one. God damn it. No. The girl appears briefly under the last streetlight, the headphones snug against her ears, the Walkman clasped to her hip. She's oblivious as she walks, lost in her own world. Hey, stop! I need to talk to you! Then she swallowed up by the darkness again. Helen! Wait a second! (laughs) It strikes her in the gloom so fast she barely has time to scream. She falls into the edge of the lamplight and lies there, bleeding, motionless. The man's skin is scaly, flaking, and there are patches of soot on his cheeks. He stares at me with eyes like midnight. Eyes that are devoid of remorse, devoid of humanity. 
He's one of them. I turn and run, and I don't look back. The Road of Shadows, a new mystery and suspense audio drama by Mark R. Healy, creator of The Strata. Listen now at theroadofshadows.com. Thank you.